Hey, JD, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Welcome to the Super Bowl 53 recap show of the Dodgers, Lakers, Patriots, and Rams podcast. I'm your host, Laura Antonio. And today on our uh, Super Bowl 53 recap show, we're going to recap it all, talk about what's going to happen in the offseason, and then I'll also be releasing you my mock draft today as well. And then for our final thought, then I'll talk about the, uh, the other L.A.-Boston rivalry that's going to happen tomorrow that's already been established in the NBA. So, first off, let's start off with a Super Bowl 53 recap and um, talk about what your favorite parts were in the Super Bowl this past Sunday. Yeah, so, I mean, you have to start with the defense and, and look no further than that. I'm, I mean, when I was watching the game, it's, it's kind of hard when you think back and you're like, oh, when Gronk caught that pass uh, that went down to the one-yard line, made that phenomenal catch – the game was three to three with seven minutes left. And it's insane. I know a lot of people were like, oh, it was such a boring game. Nothing happened. But it it really was a phenomenal game and a game that has been growing on me the more I look back on it. And I think the big plays for me obviously had to come on defense, um, mostly made by the Patriots. One that stuck out to me was Jason McCourty in the back of the end zone in the third quarter, breaking up the pass from Goff to Cooks. Um, phenomenal play by him, covering almost 20 yards to break up the pass to Cooks, who was wide open, although Goff should have thrown it sooner. And I, I thought Goff struggled a lot on the on the day, which is to be expected. A young QB in his first Super Bowl, he, he looked kind of scared all throughout, so... Obviously, if you got Tom Brady you're going up against, it's it's going to be tough to match that level of readiness and level of competitiveness. And it just seemed like even though the Patriots won like 13 to three and the game was three to three with seven minutes left, it just felt like the Patriots were were up so much more. They they limited the Rams so much all game, especially rushing. Gurley only had 10 carries for 35 yards and C.J. Anderson wasn't much better, although he did have, I believe, more rushing attempts than Gurley. So, overall, a good game, a good victory, and a good season for the Patriots. It was a great season for the Patriots, and they had to go through a lot of adversity, such as uh, the Miami Miracle that they should have not lost to, losing to Jacksonville, losing to Detroit, losing to Tennessee, and then losing to Pittsburgh. But I'm going to go back to a little bit about the Super Bowl, talk about Jared Goff a little bit. I mean, a lot of people criticize him for his poor performance, but for me, I think Jared Goff is going to learn from this game, and I think he's going to be end up learning those. I think he's going to grow from this game, and I think it's going to motivate him to be even better in 2019. Yes, absolutely. I think he had a phenomenal season, still has a ways to go, but he has a great team around him. Obviously, if you have a healthy Todd Gurley, that takes a huge load of pressure off. you got guys like Brandon Cooks, you got Cooper Cup coming back, Robert Woods. So he certainly has the weapons and the defense around him. He's only 24, former former first overall pick. So, I mean, I didn't quite believe in him that much coming into the game. And I know a lot of people are upset over the, the disappointing performance. But I I do believe in him going forward. And I think he will learn from this. And it it's a good opportunity for him to grow and develop and play against the best, see what you can try to become. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with that being said, um, let's talk about the good and bad of Super Bowl 53. The good was that the Patriots, our Patriots won a sixth Super Bowl title, but 
I was very happy to see both my AFC and NFC teams in the Super Bowl. But the the bad part was the TV ratings went down. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that uh, goes with the consequence of being a 13-3 game. People just don't like defense. Everybody wants to see the Kansas City-LA 54-51 game that everybody loved on ESPN in the middle of the season. Nobody, nobody wants to see this. But even though, even when you look back, and again, like I said, this game has been growing on me. I, at first, I'm like, uh, there's nothing exciting happened. But looking back, it was a masterful defensive performance by both teams, both coaches, and especially from the Patriots side. The biggest takeaway for me is I know we talk a lot about the offense. We talk a lot about Tom Brady, how they're done after Josh Gordon's done for the season and Gronk's not having a great season and the running backs are hurt. But you look at this defense throughout most of the season and it was they don't have a guy who can rush the rush the passer. Their cornerbacks outside of Stephon Gilmore are shaky at best. They have one serviceable linebacker in Dante Hightower, and they have in the secondary just good, consistent players, but no stars. And this defense goes out there and performs, puts on the best performance defensively in Super Bowl history. Yeah, for sure. But before we move on here, um, we have some breaking news around the NFL right now. Um, the Patriots are expected to hire Greg Schiano as their new defensive coordinator. So, Tell me your thoughts on that. Um, I don't know too much about Shiano overall. I, I'd seen the news when it came out, and I, I guess they said it had been wor- in the works for weeks, and I hadn't heard about it. The only only thing I know about Shiano is talking to my friends. Uh, one of them, who's a Giants fan, is when Shiano and his defense tried to break Eli Manning's legs because he likes pushing into the snap when the quarterback's trying to take the knee. So he's definitely a polarizing character, um, but... I think he'll fit in well with the Patriots. I I get that you're going to have to keep replacing people as young guys like Brian Flores and even a little bit older like Matt Patricia get jobs. I, I wish they could have been able to replace it in-house, and I think they were hoping to do that with Brian Flores, especially after his Super Bowl performance, but he, he did go to Miami. So at this point, you start af- start having to look outside the organization, which I fully get because you just have coaches leaving every single year pretty much. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up since I just saw it. That was the breaking news of the day before we talked about the offseason. And now we kind of touched on the Super Bowl recap. Now let's talk about some offseason stuff. I will also talk to you about my mock draft in just a minute. So let's talk about the Patriots offseason stuff first before we go on to the Rams. And let's talk about a couple questions I have for you is, do you think Trey Flowers will receive the franchise tag? Do you think Gronk and Devin McCourty will be retiring or they'll come back next year? I to start off with Trey Flowers, I think the Patriots may put a franchise tag on him because they want to keep the guy, but in the long run I don't see him staying on a long-term extension just because the Patriots have never been that type of team that is willing to dish out big money for a defensive lineman. They they always kind of do the defensive line by committee. That I feel like Adrian Claiborne last year was a bit of an exception splurging big time on a defensive end or defensive lineman. So even though Trey Flowers has been phenomenal, I think they do franchise tag him, and he leaves once the franchise tag is over, gets a bigger deal somewhere else, just because I feel like that's how the Patriots have been operating with that position in the past. And as far as the other guys in terms of retirement, I don't know what to think with some of them. I mean, as we mentioned last week, you can never really tell what 
is what's going through these guys' minds. It's almost like you don't know whether it's better if they win the Super Bowl or lose the Super Bowl for if they're coming back. Because if you win the Super Bowl, it's like, man, we could bring the band back together and try to win it again next year. If you lose the Super Bowl, you still have that hunger and that desire to go out there and come back the following year. McCourty, I could potentially see him retiring just because he was more explicit about it, saying that he feels that if he wins with Jason, which he did, he really has nothing left to accomplish in this league. So potentially he does do that. Maybe the hiring of Shiano makes him stay because Shiano was the coach at Rutgers and pretty much every Patriots defensive player is connected to Rutgers, like the McCourty's and guys like that. So maybe that was a move on the Patriots part strategically and Gronk, I think I would tend to lean toward him going to retirement, but I will say I think the odds are better that he stays than a lot of people are giving him credit for. I think a lot of people are just like, he's leaving. It's over. No question about it. And although I think I am leaning toward him retiring, I think I wouldn't be shocked if he was still on the team next year. For me, um, now that we just found out that Greg Schiano is now going to be the, the new defensive coordinator for the Patriots, I, I expect the McCordys to remain a Patriot and then Deron Harmon stay so that it's the Rutgers reunion all over again for me. I just don't expect Evan McCourty to retire. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting it at all. But now that they have – the idea now that he came out and basically explicitly said it before the Super Bowl, but you never know. I mean, him and Jason are still both playing at a very high level, so I don't know. If I had to put higher odds on one of the two, I would lean toward McCourty. Um, I mean, obviously, I'd love to see both of them hang around, but you never know what's going through these guys' heads. Absolutely, but um, like, I, like I think for me is, I do expect both the McCourty brothers to remain with the Patriots next season and beyond. Now that uh, Greg Schiano, the, the former Rutgers coach, is now going to be joining and working with Bill Belichick. Because I know Belichick and Schiano have been very good friends for a long time. And I think, uh, I think that's going to happen for sure. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Jason's going to be a free agent. And I think if he doesn't retire, he will be back with the Patriots. I don't see any scenario where Jason McCourty goes and plays for another team. I think for now, for him, for Devin, like with Gronkowski, it's they're staying on the Patriots until they're ready to retire. They're not playing for another team. Absolutely not. But um, now that question being said, um, let's talk about some who the Patriots should resign this offseason. For me, um, I have Gostowski, Allen, Patterson, and Hogan. I expect them to resign for sure. And then I also expect them to keep uh, Malcolm Brown and uh, Danny Shelton. Yeah, uh, just looking at the list here, I think they keep Cordero Patterson, probably let Philip Dorsett go. Patterson's shown more upside, and I feel like still has more gas left in the tank. Chris Hogan's a tough one for me. I like him. I love what he did in the past few years, but this year just seemed like an off year, and he failed to capitalize on the opportunities with Gronk out for periods of time and struggling with Edelman missing four games, with Gordon missing the end of the season. He had some phenomenal catches against Kansas city. I just don't know if the Patriots are going to stick with him or if they're going to go out and try to find the next Chris Hogan, the guy that they can sign for cheap for another team that they can mold into one of Tom Brady's trusted receivers for a couple of years. So him, I go back and forth with Danny Shelton. I kind of lean toward 
them probably letting him go. I feel like he disappeared for long stretches this season, but I agree with you on special teams. Ryan Allen, Goskowski um, are the big ones there. And like we said, Trey Flowers probably with the franchise tag. And then I also think Malcolm Brown will stay too. Yeah, I think Malcolm Brown will stay. He's a good force up in the middle there, and he will play a big role, especially if they don't re-sign Danny Shelton. Brown's a year younger and probably the more desirable guy for the Patriots going forward because even though Danny Shelton had some good plays as a run stopper, I don't think he gave the Patriots what they were hoping for. Yeah, for sure on that. And uh, talk about the MVP of Super Bowl 53 and Julian Edelman. I was voting for Tom Brady to win the MVP of Super Bowl 53, but I'm real, I really think Julian Edelman deserved it. Yeah, I mean, up until there were about 10 minutes left in the game, it was Brian Allen or Johnny Hecker. You're going you're gonna to give it to a punter or you're going to give it to Matthew Slater because there's just no offense in this game. And it's weird hearing afterward that not a single defensive player from New England got a vote. And I, I get that in a sense because, I mean, you have Gilmore with the interception. You have some plays, but really the defense as a unit was great. No one player kind of stood out. So I, I do get them not getting votes. And I feel like it just had to be Julian Edelman if you're going to give it to an offensive player. He had the only decent offensive performance of the day. You thought maybe Sony Michelle, after the great final drive for the Patriots and scoring the touchdown, could have been the other guy. But Edelman definitely deserves it. He's been through a lot in the past. I mean, he's seventh-round quarterback out of Kent State, and now he's out here being Super Bowl MVP as a wide receiver. Ten receptions, 141 yards, and... It, it's just great to see that, that type of success story. I mean, you have Tom Brady, the greatest player of all time. You have his most trusted receiver in Julian Edelman, maybe ever for Tom Brady, or maybe in the top three. And they're sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick. And this team has just found gold mines. And it's great to see they find these hardworking guys that just go out there. And Edelman's been clutch. He's performed on the biggest stage when the Patriots have needed him. Coming back from the torn ACL last year, which I think is something that a lot of people forget, he could have played a huge role for that Patriots team last year, especially in the Super Bowl. And then the four-game suspension, everybody wondered how he'd come back. Now he's on the wrong side of 30, coming off that injury, hadn't played in over a year. But a phenomenal job, and you just look at pretty much every play he had in that Super Bowl. He was five yards away from whoever was covering him. He's just so elusive. Brady knows how to find him, and well-deserved. Absolutely. But... Let's stay with the Patriots real quick. Um, I'll talk about other breakout players for 2019, too. Like, talk about Braxton Brios. He could be a breakout player next year. Juwan Bentley, who was looking like to be the steal of our draft class last year. He's, he's coming back from his injury. Uh, Isaiah Wynn is someone I'm very excited about. I, I kind of open – I'm open to the possibility of the Patriots keeping Trent Brown. But if not, then I would like to see Isaiah Wynn as the starting left tackle – and also keep Adrian Waddle at the right side over Marcus Cannon. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a lot of a lot of people forget that that pretty much every single player outside of Sony Michelle in this Patriots draft class didn't play, whether it be Barrios or a guy like Isaiah Wynn or Jawan Bentley. But those guys can certainly play roles next year. I think Bentley especially can solidify the linebacker core for the Patriots 
take on some of the load off of Dante Hightower. Kyle Van Noy was phenomenal in the Super Bowl and all season. So you suddenly have a strong core there. And Berrios, I see him stepping in. I mean, he's that typical Patriots little shifty wide receiver that was a, a late round pick and could blossom into a pretty good player under the Patriots system. So um, he's a guy I'm excited for. I don't see the Patriots as far as addressing needs and who's going to step up doing too much with free agency this year. I think they're going to do more through the draft. They have a first round pick, two seconds, three thirds, I believe with compensatory picks. So they certainly have the means to address some holes and, who knows, especially with the wide receiver core, their biggest return could be Josh Gordon, who reports are now that he could be cleared by training camp, potentially. Yeah, that would be big and have Josh Gordon for a full season. But Edelman, I'll tell you, he made history in being a Super Bowl MVP for a wide receiver. And the last time that happened for a Patriots player to win a Super Bowl MVP for a wide receiver was a guy that I also like, Deion Branch. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it? It's been Dion Branch, Julian Edelman, and then four times Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not too often that you can uh, outduel Tom Brady for Super Bowl MVP when he gets there, but uh, great job for Edelman. And I, I, he does remind me, in, as part of that old Patriots core of wide receivers, I feel like you had, you had the Troy Brown, Dion Branch era, then you went through six or seven years where, yeah, you had Randy Moss for a couple of them, but really not much name-brand talent. And then and Wes Welker, who did and, not know how to p- play in big games. Exactly. And, and then you have Julian Edelman taking over for him, and we'll see if a guy like Braxton Berrios is able to take over in the future because he definitely fits that type of mold. And there are plenty of guys in the draft this year, wide receivers and especially deep um, position this year's draft, which I know we'll get to, but. Yeah, we'll get to that today as well and um, talk about the Rams, the Super Bowl runners-up. A couple questions I have for you is that, do you think Sean McVay receives a contract extension? Do you think Marcus Peters will get an extension? And do you also think the Rams will keep C.J. Anderson, Dante Fowler Jr., and Nandama Kansu? Um, First with McVay, I think he should obviously get an extension, even though the Super Bowl was tough. You're going up against the best in Bill Belichick, and he admitted he got outcoached and – I mean, before that, I mean, everybody wants the next Sean McVay. I don't know how many times I've heard that quote. It makes my head spin every time I hear it. But he's one of the best coaches in the league, easily the best young coach in the league. So he deserves an extension. Peters on the defensive side, I don't know about. I feel like he did did struggle a bit this season with the Rams, turned it around later in the season. And looking at other free agents for extensions, I could see Dante Fowler, C.J. Anderson, and Dominican Sue all I'll be in type of guys who could be back. Um, And LaMarcus Joyner, too. That would be a huge loss for them if he left. I don't expect the Rams to lose LaMarcus Joyner. I think they're going to give him the franchise tag again. Yeah, that that would certainly be a good move on their part. I think C.J. Anderson proved that he can be a good fit in this system and a good insurance policy for Todd Gurley or secondary back once Todd Gurley is fully healthy. Guy like Dante Fowler, he's 25. It's, It's too young to give up on, and and Dominican Sue was a big piece of that defensive line, and maybe he's willing to take a pay cut going into his age 33 season to come back and go for another shot at a championship. That's what I, that's what I see, too, in Dominican Sue. If not, then um, look at uh, 
the Rams could also move Aaron Donald back to defensive tackle if they don't keep Adonica too, because John Franklin Myers, who the Rams drafted last year, he's a guy that I could see really step, really being that next breakout defensive piece on the Rams. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, and also, even though Jared Goff has a fifth-year option in this deal, there was report there were writers that were reporting that the Rams would get Kirk Cousins when Jared Goff's contract is up. Do you see the Rams extending Jared Goff as well? I think they do. Uh, at the same time, I will say I don't know if they they want to sign Kirk Cousins after what's been happening in Minnesota because he he's got that reputation as the guy who's not able to win big games and. Goff is younger. I think Goff has more potential upside. Even though he did struggle at points this season with with certain plays, I think from the limited times I saw Goff play, he struggled on the crossing routes with some of the fast receivers like Cooks sometimes throwing behind him or throwing low. But those are things you can build upon. And nothing makes up for a lack of experience like getting experience. And even though he struggled mightily in the Super Bowl and looked petrified the whole game, he has played in the Super Bowl now, and that experience is going to be invaluable for him going forward. So what you're saying is that you think Goff will end up getting an extension before they even pick up his fifth-year option in his rookie deal? I think so. If not, I mean, I think he stays with the team beyond the end of that rookie deal, whether or not they, they pick it up uh, or extend him beforehand. Yeah, but you, you're saying is that if the Rams don't pick up the fifth-year option in his rookie deal, you see Jared Goff being a Ram beyond his rookie season. Yes, because he's a guy. He's I'm 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 a huge Jared Goff fan because he came from being a bust in 2016, having a bad rookie year, and under McVay, he's really thrived under McVay, and I think that relationship with Goff and McVay is going to continue for years to come in LA. Definitely, and he's he still hasn't entered his prime yet. He's still growing and progressing, and he has a phenomenal team around him. I think he fits well with the system, and I agree with you. He's he's made great progress with McVay, and I I look forward to seeing what those two can do in the future. Yeah, and uh, another breaking news that we have is that one of my fav- one of our favorite Patriots on the on the back end is Patrick Chung. He's going to have multiple surgeries, but we expect him to be back stronger than ever. Yeah, definitely. I was I was excited to see him be able to come back out for the end of that game. And and that right there just epitomizes the Patriots, whether it's the guy coming back out or the next man up mentality. You look at a guy like Deron Harmon when he comes into the game and yeah, he has the potential to be a starter. But you heard Tony Romo and and the announcers saying that this could be a matchup that the Rams may exploit now because Deron Harmon doesn't have as much experience as Patrick Chung. But then when you get down to it in the fourth quarter, Deron Harmon's right out there with Stephon Gilmore breaking up that pass to Cooks, the play before the interception. And then he's the guy who blitzes and pressures Goff on the Gilmore interception. So, again, a guy who wasn't supposed to be in that position coming up and making big plays when it counts. Yeah, and, and you also think Marcus Peters will get an extension with the Rams along with Aqib Talib? Yeah, I would say I'm less certain of Peters just because I think he did struggle at points this season and still hasn't necessarily lived up to the the former first round pick potential. But again, he's only 18, I mean, only 26, 18th pick overall. He's only 26 and he has a lot of potential left uh, to offer. So I don't know his I'm a little less certain of, but the other guys like Tlaib and Sue, I, I certainly see the Rams keeping. Yeah, with Tlaib, because he had a good relationship with Phillips. And I and I did like to keep Tlaib during his time with the Patriots. But with that being said, 
Let's talk about the free agent targets for the Patriots and Rams. For the Patriots, um, if the Patriots, if Gronk retires, I see them targeting Tyler Eifert in free agency. And for the Rams, um, I look for them to get a safety if they move on from LaMarcus Joyner. But all in all with the Rams, I just see the Rams having the same exact team that they had this past season without using the free agent market. They could just retain some of their free agents on their own. Yeah, I don't see either team making extensive use of the free agent market. Um, more so in terms of, like you said, re-signing their own players. I think the Patriots, as far as addressing a need through free agency, I don't know if I would see tight end. I think they, they go the draft route potentially with that. Even if Gronk doesn't retire, I think they still do draft a tight end, whether it's one of the two guys out of Iowa or Irv Smith out of Alabama, just to pair with Gronk maybe for a year and eventually become his successor. But as far as the Patriots in free agency, they've never really been that type of team that – that goes for the big home run signings. It, they did have some last year. I mean, with Adrian Claiborne and and Stephon Gilmore in the past, but I don't I don't necessarily know what I see them doing. They're they're always unpredictable in the off season, especially when it comes to free agency. So I see them potentially taking a chance on maybe a lower level or an underrated linebacker or safety, just because. From the safety perspective, you have a great core of players, but they're all getting up there in age. You don't know how many years they're going to have left. So maybe that's something you replace through the draft, and it depends how the Patriots feel at linebacker, whether they're confident in Juwan Bentley and Kyle Van Noy coming back and Dante Hightower not declining or if they want to go out and get somebody. So overall, though, I don't think the Patriots make a big splash um, in free agency, but I'm sure they'll sign some guy who's not even on anybody's free agent rankings and then that guy turns out to be phenomenal for the Patriots because that's just what they do and I think the Rams I think the Rams uh I think the Rams just keep the same exact team that they had last year without using the free agent market as well yes absolutely I think that uh is what you're going to see from both of those teams yeah and then the offseason team needs for the Patriots and Rams is I think with the Patriots edge rushing on a tight end, and maybe a receiver. And for the Rams, I see them either targeting a safety and, and outside linebackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably, I'm not going to speak too much on the Rams because I don't know too much about their positions of need. But for the Patriots, I'm going to go with definitely a tight end and definitely an edge rusher, like you said. I would like them to get a player in the secondary in the draft. It doesn't have to be burning your first-round pick on it, but a guy in the second or third rounds who can – learn from this great core of guys, whether it be Chung or McCordy that they have in the secondary and develop into a future leader of the secondary. Uh, they could do a linebacker and then a QB and a wide receiver in the draft. But I think most of those needs will be addressed through the draft. I don't see the Patriots drafting a quarterback in this class because I think, uh, I think by looking at it, I say the Patriots draft Brady's successor and, so, and when, when Brady's ready to retire. So expect Tom Brady to play for the Patriots until he's 45, and his extension will get done this offseason. Absolutely, and I, I fully expect Tom Brady to be here till he's 45. I just see them potentially looking at a quarterback now because may, I think the Patriots do like the idea of having a guy develop behind Tom Brady for a few years rather than just like throwing someone into the fire the first year after he retires right out of college. So I, I don't know. It, it depends how the Patriots feel. There's certainly a variety of quarterbacks in this class, whether they want to go for someone like Kyler Murray, who could play baseball and is a phenomenal all-around athlete, but comes from a Big 12 school, 
or even a guy like Will Greer who comes from a Big 12 school or they go for more of a, a pocket passer like Daniel Jones from Duke. I, I don't know if they go for a quarterback, but I think either this year or next year, the latest, they will draft one. Yeah, I, I just I just want to – I just, in my opinion, I just think the Patriots will draft a quarterback when the Patriots know when Tom Brady retires so that he can learn from he – can, he could be a redshirt under Brady for that one year. Yes, definitely. That's yeah. what I want. No, I, I agree. And I, I think you're going to learn a lot about Tom Brady's future from this draft strategy by the Patriots this coming season. Do they draft a QB? Do they not draft a QB? And if they draft a QB, are they going to draft a guy who's going to need three years of development, which is the trajectory for Tom Brady right now? I don't see them going out and drafting a guy who's fully polished. And I also don't necessarily see them using a high-round pick on a quarterback this year. I think they go into the third or fourth round and get a quarterback like Will Greer, or Gardner Minshew, and let them develop and, and see what becomes of it. And if it doesn't work out, you can always draft a guy um, in two or three years. I say I just say Patriots draft a quarterback whenever Tom Brady's ready to retire. When Say he's 45, and then the Patriots could use a, f- a first-round pick on a quarterback. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, totally. And there's certainly a ton of high-end quarterback talent in the next couple of years, whether it be Tua Tagovailoa, Trevor Lawrence, um, the kid out of Georgia, um, or even – um, blanking on the name, Justin Herbert, who stayed in college one more year. Not that the Patriots will be in a position that high to draft those guys, but there's certainly a lot more high-end quarterback talent coming up. For sure. And we talked about who the Patriots should resign, but the Rams, who I think they should resign, is I think LaMarcus Jordan is going to get the franchise tag. Talib and Goff and Peters and Fowler. Talib, Peters, and Goff will get contract extensions. Fowler, Anderson, and Saffold and Sue will stay. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm, I'm not going to comment too much on that, like I said, because I don't know as much about the the Rams' position financially or positional needs, but I, I like the sounds of that. Yeah, and uh, let me read you my mock draft, and then sometime in April, J.D., um, I'll also have you as a guest on my NFL draft preview show, and then, we'll, and then you and I can both release our mock drafts then. Okay. But uh, with that being said, um, I'm going to read you my mock draft to begin with. So um, I have Nick Bosa going to the Cardinals at one. Quinnen Williams at number two to the 49ers. Josh Allen going to the Jets at three. Devin White going to the Raiders at four. Rashawn Gary at five. And I have a draft day trade as well. So with that being said, Miami has moved up, moved up in the draft, has traded that. The Giants have traded their pick to Miami, and with the sixth pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Dwayne Haskins because I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be gone by then, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars get Kyler Murray. So tell me about those, and then we'll continue. Yeah, no, I, I like those. I feel like the top four, especially the top two, is pretty much set. You got Nick Bosa, number one, I would assume, and Quinton Williams, number two. Josh Allens was a phenomenal player for Kentucky, probably the biggest riser in this year's draft, just about, along with a guy like Dwayne Haskins. But I could see him going number three to the Jets. Fourth could be up in the air. I like the pick of Devin Bush. There are certainly other options. Devin White. Devin White, sorry. Devin White. Um, They could go with Ed Oliver, too, potentially, or one of the Clemson guys. Uh, Another guy, Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle from Alabama. No, I know. said uh, with fifth, I said Rashawn Gary. Oh, I know. I was just saying um, some other options for them to potentially consider. 
Um, and I feel like that fifth pick is going to be the key one because the Giants are certainly looking for a quarterback at number six, probably Dwayne Haskins. And you're going to see a team like the Jaguars or like the Miami Dolphins, like you said, try to trade up or even the Denver Broncos go up and get a guy like Dwayne Haskins, maybe ahead at number five. So that could be another direction the draft takes. Uh, there's certainly a ton of talent in terms of edge rushers. Like, like you were mentioning, you, you mentioned Rashawn Gary, who could be a top four pick. He could fall out of the top 10, but a ton of great edge rushers in this draft. Absolutely. So I have Gary going to the, the Bucks at five. And then I did tell you, I, did I tell you that um, I have the Giants trading their pick to the Dolphins? Yeah, that one. Then the Giants received the Dolphins pick in the, in the teens. Mm-hmm. That one, I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like if the Dolphins make a trade, it's going to be with the Buccaneers. Because if Dwayne Haskins falls to six, I can't see the Giants passing up on him. I think it, you're going to have to get to number five with Tampa Bay to jump and get Dwayne Haskins. That's a good opinion, but I just, I just feel like for me that I think the Dolphins should move up at six to get Dwayne Haskins. And I, I do, I just don't see from what I'm hearing, Ryan Tannehill is most likely not going to be a Dolphin next year. Cause I know what Brian Flores is going to, I think Brian, I kind of expect that Brian Flores is going to want to get a quarterback of his own. Yes, definitely. And, and you look at it right now, the teams that need quarterbacks potentially as a draft need are going to be the giants, the Jaguars, the Broncos and Dolphins are probably four of the top teams in the market for quarterbacks. You got three easy top choices in Haskins, Murray, and Locke. Uh, and then that fourth team that's left out, which right now it's Miami, which should be a team that tries to trade up and get ahead to get one of these guys um, because you don't want to be left out as far as not getting the quarterback that you want. Yeah, so... And then I have at seven, we talked about Tyler Murray to Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good fit. I think around that five, six, seven range, if a team jumps into Tampa Bay spot, but if not, definitely six and seven. If Haskins and Murray are both available, I think you see them go back to back six and seven. Yeah, that's what I predict too, like I told you. So now um, let's go eight through 15. So in this one, I have Green Bay. I have the Detroit Lions trading their pick to Green Bay, and then in return, the Lions will get will get Green Bay's pick at 12 with the eighth pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. I have the Green Bay Packers selecting Josh Jacobs from Alabama, and then with the ninth pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Bills select Jonah Williams, and then this is an easy one right here with the 10th pick of the 2019 Draft, the Denver Broncos select Drew Locke, and then the Bengals select at 11, Cody Ford. And then Detroit gets Clean and Farrell. And then the Giants get Christian Wilkins. So Clem, both Clemson players go back to back. The, the Falcons select Garrett Bradbury. And, the, and then the Washington Redskins get a corner in a Greedy Williams. Yes. Greedy Williams would be a phenomenal pick for whoever gets him. Kid came into the season as probably the number three or number four prospect. And not he hasn't so much fallen as been surpassed by these other guys with other outstanding traits. So he'll be a steal if he goes in the teens. And I, I like that pick there for Washington. And I also told you that I think John Elway does not waste time. I think the Broncos are going to go with the quarterback competition when training camp begins. And it's going to be Drew Locke going to Denver. Yes, definitely. Locke's got a, a lively arm. He's put up amazing numbers at Missouri. Struggled a little bit against the high-level competition, but 
torched just about every non-Power 5 school they played. So kid's got a big arm, uh, can make big plays, and I, I like it. I, I like the idea for the Denver Broncos. They're the type of team that in the past has kind of waited to get their quarterback, and it's hurt them a little bit. So now I, I like them going right out at number 10 and going to get a QB. Yeah, and what I predict is that I think that three rookie quarterbacks will be starting quarterbacks this year. Dwayne Haskins starting for the Dolphins, Colin Murray starting for the Jaguars, and Drew Locke starting for the Broncos over Case Keenum. Yeah, I think you're definitely going to see whatever team they're, they're on. Definitely Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins will start with their teams. And I feel like you're seeing, I know you, you talked about Drew Locke going to Denver uh, for a battle with Case Keenum, but you've seen a that be a pretty consistent pick there at number 10. So if he ends up there, I like the battle. Drew Locke certainly has more upside. I don't know if they're planning, if they plan on going with a guy like him or they stick with Keenum for one more season just to give Locke a year of development. But I don't know if Locke necessarily starts the season, but if he is in Denver by the end of the season, he will be their starter. I think, I think Drew Locke will be the week one starter for the Broncos, just like the two other rookie quarterbacks I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then do you like the pick of when the Packers move up to get Josh Jacobs and then Detroit gets clean and Farrell with the 12th pick? I think it's a good play for both teams. Cleveland Farrell, if Detroit's able to get him, Matt Patricia would just salivate over having a guy like him on defense. And Josh Jacobs is an interesting pick. Uh, he gives the Packers some much-needed running back versatility. I know they have Aaron Jones, who finally broke out last season. Uh, if you're Green Bay, I think... I think it's a good move. I think both teams come out winners. I don't know if they'd be reaching too much for a guy like Josh Jacobs just at number eight because I I just don't see him as like the Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott type guy who's going to get picked in the the top ten of the draft. So I don't know if they'd be reaching trading up, but certainly if it looks like he's going to go that early, I, I wouldn't mind Green Bay trading up to get him. What do you think about the rest of the picks? Buffalo getting Jonah Williams, Cincinnati going with Cody Ford, the Giants getting Christian Wilkins, and then the Falcons getting Garrett Bradbury. Yeah, no, I, I like those picks. Both the offensive linemen and Cody Ford and Jonah Williams are phenomenal. Um, the one with the Giants, I'll still go with. I still think the Giants end up keeping that pick at number six, so I, I don't think they end up down at 13, but if they are at 13, that that would be a good pick for them. Yeah, they need they need defensive line help, and I think Eli. I expect Eli Manning to be the starting quarterback for the Giants for uh, a couple seasons, at least a year or two for Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And then with the Falcons, they need a center because I don't know how much longer Alex Mack will stay. That's why I think they're going to draft a young center so that it helps solidify the offensive line for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And now let's go sixteen through twenty-three. So I have the Carolina Panthers selecting. Nikhil Harry, the Cleveland Browns selecting Mac Wilson, the Vikings selecting Ed Oliver, and the Titans, who you and I also like, they get a safety in Deontay Thompson from Alabama, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers select DeAndre Baker, the Seattle Seahawks select Brian Byron Murphy, the Baltimore Ravens select DJ Meltcalf, and the Houston Texans select David Edwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from, from that group of picks, I like Carolina going with a wide receiver. I could see them also potentially going with an edge rusher, but especially right now with Cam Newton, where he's at in his career, you, you need to give him more help at the wide receiver position. He's already got a great pass catching back in Christian McCaffrey. 
and some other good young weapons, but I think adding one of these top wide receivers in the draft would benefit the Panthers immensely. And if Minnesota is able to get Ed Oliver, I, th- I think that's a steal, and that, that could end up being one of the picks of the draft because Oliver is the type of guy I think could be, when it's all said and done, one of the five best players to come out of this draft. Yeah, and then what do you think about Deontay Thompson going with Mike Vrabel and the Titans? I think it's a, it's a good move for them. It, it adds m- more depth to that already solid defense and just another team that, that's going to keep going out there, keep developing. From Alabama, can't beat that, and he adds some more assurance to that defense, which I think you and I both think is already has the name brand talent, just has to come together, which we saw it start to do this season. So you like the picks from picks 16 through 23? Yeah. And then then I think Baltimore gets a receiver due to help out Lamar Jackson. Yes, I think so, especially if they're going to lose a guy like John Brown to free agency. I know they have um, Snead and other guys, but a wide receiver would definitely help Lamar Jackson too. Yeah, and then I'll do picks 24 through 32. So Oakland gets Brian Burns. The Eagles get Darnett. Darrell Henderson, the Colts get Juwan Taylor, the Raiders get Calvin Harmon, the Chargers get Caden Smith, the Chiefs get TJ Hokerson, the Packers get Zach Allen from your college, Boston College, and then the Rams get Montez Sweat, and the Patriots get Irv Smith Jr. I like it. I I think if you're the Patriots, it's probably going to be D-line or tight end with that 30-second pick if the Patriots keep it because I know they always keep us up till 11 o'clock at night and then trade the pick and we don't get to see the pick. If Zach Allen is there, I know I have a Boston College bias, but I would I would love for the Patriots to be able to get him. I think he might be gone a few picks before that, like you alluded to. He's going to be a phenomenal player in this league, can play both inside and outside on the defensive line. Um, and Irv Smith is a great choice. He's, he's not the typical big-bodied tight end, but he's one of the most – agile and athletic tight ends I think in this draft class and in the last few years I think it's a good pick for them the Raiders that's another one that stands out to me I like the pick of Kelvin Harmon I got to see him play against Boston College he's a a tall lanky body who can go up and fight for just about any any 50-50 ball and come down with it he's got good hands and I like the pick giving Derek Carr another weapon on that offense which is potentially going to lose Jared Cook and has a 32, 33-year-old tight end in Jared Cook, if he does come back, is their best weapon. They, they need to add more, and Kelvin Harmon helps that. Yeah, absolutely, I'm Kelvin Harmon. And uh, I think if you look – I think uh, I think that's going to be a good pick for the uh, – for the uh, what you would call this? The uh, Raiders to get Kelvin Harmon. But mm-hmm. with that being said, uh, my final NFL thought is that I want a Super Bowl 54 rematch between the Patriots and Rams. And then speaking of the L.A.-Boston rivalries, excited for the LeBron versus Kyrie Irving as the Lakers and Celtics renew their historic rivalry. Oh, I'm definitely excited. The schedule worked out well that it's going to come on trade deadline day. The team that is the front runner to get Anthony Davis right now versus the team that's the front runner to get him if he's not traded by tomorrow night. So I think it's going to be interesting. And I don't know your perspective. I love Anthony Davis. I think he's one of the top three players in the game right now. But I, at this point, I, I'm done with all the drama. I, I don't want him on Boston. And it's different with L.A. because I know he wants to come there. But I just don't appreciate him 
pretty much bullying his way to LA saying, I'm, I'm not going to sign with anybody other than the Lakers and, and maybe now the Clippers doesn't want to come to Boston. And it just frustrates me from as a Celtics fan, when you build this great young core and you have all these amazing pieces, you have Kyrie Irving and Jason Tatum and boatloads of draft picks upcoming. And this guy comes and he's like, nah, I want to live in LA. I want to be under the bright lights, be in the warm weather. So yeah, I really don't care about how you guys are a phenomenal young team. I'm just not going to sign with you guys. So I don't want the Celtics mortgaging the future. If this guy's just going to stay for a year and leave, I want them keeping Jason Tatum. I want them keeping their picks or using them on long-term investments. Yeah, for sure. And um, I said my NFL, final NFL thought was that uh, I, I just want a Super Bowl rematch next year between the Patriots and Rams when Super Bowl 54 is being played at the uh, Patriots rival stadium, Hard Rock Stadium down in South Florida. Yeah, I I would like to see that. I I mean, I think a lot of people would, especially after you kind of got a taste of it this year. But it it didn't quite live up to expectations for some people, especially in terms of the offensive showing. So I, I'd like to see another um, a rematch of those two teams in the Super Bowl next year. Do I think it'll happen? I, I'm not so sure. Uh, but I guess my final NFL thought would just be reiterating a, a well-deserved MVP award for Julian Edelman. Absolutely. So, J.D., uh, you have a good day, and then uh, we will talk on the 21st, if I'm correct. Am I right? Yes, yes. So on the 21st, you and I will be back on air to talk about and preview the upcoming 2019 Major League Baseball season with the Dodgers and the Red Sox. Sounds good. But anyways, have a good day. I'll talk to you on the 21st. Okay, you too.